Well, 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 welcome to the mayhem Dick and Lloyd mayhem Media mayhem Marketing mayhem You might love it, you might hate it it's my favorite freaking show. Hey, hi, everybody. Welcome in. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening. We've got a bunch of podcasts that you can check out at the media and marketing mayhem.com, whatever it is, wherever you find these things. So uh, check them out if you would. Today, Loy has spirited me back to his old stomping grounds. Well, Loy, you've uh, brought me to Westport again. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot going on down here, Dick. Yeah. Interesting people. And who is this with us? It's Bill Nigro. The Bill Nigro? The Bill Nigro of, of pizza and all kinds of other businesses and just a visionary and a iconoclast and a, uh, a guy with full of ideas. We're going to talk to him about some big things he's got going on, Dick. Does that sound like you, Bill? Well, you know, it gets blown out of proportion a lot because people... You know, down here late at night at Westport that see me, they go, oh, that's the, that guy owns all of Westport. And I go, yeah, I, I just own a couple little buildings. I go, I'm just the <laughs> biggest big mouth down here. You know, when something happens at the city, I'm the first guy to go, hey, wait a minute. You know, we didn't, why are you trying to compete, you know, compete against us, you know? First of all, thanks for having Dick and me over here in your place. Uh, it's very nice. Mm-hmm. And uh, you've been down here for a long time. What, when did you start coming to Westport? Well, some people would probably argue I've been here too long, but um, <laughs> but I usually typically speak for myself, but it's for, uh, you know, the betterment of the neighborhood because some of the neighbors get a little uptight sometimes when you say, oh, you can't speak on our behalf. And I go, oh, so you want to pay an extra sales tax and property tax, huh? Oh, well, uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but, 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 but. Well, the people that get a little bit too comfortable uh, with the status quo... They don't like that kind of noise, Bill. Yeah, well. You know, they want that money to keep coming in regardless of uh, whether it should be or not. Well, and and speaking of money that we give, you know, we paid a a company to do an audit here on the whole neighborhood. We're a three-square-block community improvement district, Westport. We take in over $800,000 a month in sales tax that we give to our city. Mm-hmm. And we have 3,900 employees, and the 1% earnings tax puts Westport really at over a million dollars a month that we give our city. And we represent 3% of the city's entire sales tax stream. That's a big number for an area that's three blocks big. Wow, and, and you found that out through a, a recent study? Yeah, Gould Evans, one of our uh, companies here in Westport. That's, sure, the uh, architecture yeah, company. Yeah, bingo. They did a, they're doing a... Uh, historic overlay uh, deal right now with the neighborhood that they uh, submit to the city. So it goes into the master plans program for the neighborhood. I've been going to quarterly meetings about it and uh, Gould Evans uh, people have done a great job. They just bought that uh, or moved into that stone building at the Westport end. Laundry, oh, yeah. or the yeah. Plaza Laundry building. 4200 yeah. Pennsylvania, yeah. Way the back. The stone building. They're in it now. They rehab the inside. It looks really cool inside, and uh, and they do a lot of pro bono work for Westport just because they're in our CID. So this study, they just did that themselves, huh? They well, just took we that... we asked them to do it. I mean, w- with this big study, we're paying them to help us d- with this program with the city about you know 
buildings and how tall they are and their looks so that, the, that we don't like mess up mm-hmm. our historic core. Sure, this yeah. is where Kansas City started. Right. And, um, Can you imagine how much trouble, Dick, that Bill Nigro might have caused the city had he known way back when <laughs> exactly how much money this area was generating i them. can see that i think it's might the ripple have, yeah 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 <laughs> i know now i throw it in their face say hey that bill we've heard that 10 times now <laughs> <laughs> oh well it, but somebody has to speak up and say it and you know we we don't quite give them enough to cover the the loans that they cover at power and light but yeah, that's right that's an expensive because their monthly cost is over a million too wow mm-hmm. and oh and they don't get their sales tax either that that goes to pay off their loans but we're helping them keep our competition afloat i mean that's we're, right we're but over, they're down over. on the trolley route <laughs> now, <laughs> yeah, yeah. now but but see I, and i've told Loy, and this is why he talked to me I, i've been working in the entertainment business now for over 40 years and um for three years with the help of uh Bill George and Terry O'Toole from the Kansas City Transportation Group, we launched an entertainment route that connected all the different neighborhoods together on Friday and Saturday nights. And um, Bill and I did it for three years. And um, unfortunately, uh, we bought five, I should, not we, he bought five buses that were, uh, trolley buses that Mm -hmm. were all lemons. I I think in uh, the three years we had them, we put in um, four new engines and five transmissions. Really? Or the other way around. Maybe it was four. Yeah. I want to meet the sales guy that sold those to you. <laughs> yeah. Wow. They just were a, a nightmare. So we went to the city in 2013 and said to the bus company, the KCATA, the then director, Mark Huffer, uh, I met with them and said that we'll keep doing our route if you will take two buses and form a new route and here's just your new route on Friday and Saturday and we want to hook up to you and we're going to build tourism and revenue. We want one of your buses to go from the city market to Zona Rosa. Okay. And then we want one to go from Waldo to either Town Center or Rosanna Square. Either one. We'd take either. We'd settle for whatever we could get. Okay. And the then director, um, unfortunately, was... Still a little upset with me over a lease I got Westport out of with the KCATA the year before. Didn't really want to work with me. Hence, uh, several years later, in comes a new guy at the KCATA. His name is Robbie Mackinnon. And Robbie used to be the economic development coordinator for uh, Jackson County. And uh, then uh, a little less than uh, 10 years ago, he had a... uh, a problem with this vision where now he's totally blind, but he is um, a man of vision. Mm-hmm. I, I told him about our route and what I'd like to do, and so I presented him with what I think. I, I knew all the bugs and the bad things that happened to us. We spent so much money repairing our stuff that we didn't have any money to advertise, and our break-even point was you know, 400 people on a night at $10 a person, so shoot, we broke that a bunch of times, but Friday nights were always a money loser, and we never really got a way to promote it. So, uh, and it's, you know, it's not cheap because you've got 10 buses and all those fuel and 10 people with labor, you know, it's, it adds up. Yeah. But, so at any rate, I went to Robbie and said, here's the new route I'd like to do, and I'd like the city to do it. But the reason I'd like him 
to help do it. And I went to the city manager and said the same thing is because every one of these places along the stop that I'm going to tell you about, for the second year in a row, the liquor companies have said their liquor sales have gone down. So that means our city's revenue's gone down. And the 1% sales tax that we collect for the bus company, that's going down. And, and I said, every one of these places on all these stops are paying the 2% tourism tax. And what do we all get for it? That, you know, especially, I'm not gonna talk about downtown, but outside of downtown, what's Zona Rosa get? What's, what's Martini Corner get? You know, Westport, Plaza, Brookside, Waldo, 103rd and State Line, Marco Polo Center, and then west to Rosanna Square at 119th and Metcalf. Well, guess what? Our bus company's now in Johnson County, too. And so the links are all there to set this entertainment route up at uh, Friday and Saturday nights, and it starts at 6 o'clock and runs till 3.30 in the morning. Here's what we're going to feature on Fridays and Saturday nights to keep your interest in what's happening in Kansas City. We're, we're going to call, we're coming out with a new phone, phone app that's free for everybody to download. The phone app is going to be a tour guide through every neighborhood. We're going to set a geofence around every neighborhood. And so when you get off the bus with your phone app, bang, I'm standing in front of Kelly's. We're going to use some little beacon technology to send you a little blip. Built in 1850, where we got long neck bottles for $3, you know. All those things can be programmed to just pop out on your phone app, mm -hmm. okay? And everybody, I told the city manager, everybody needs to be able to advertise for free on the phone app for an entire year as long as you share our KC to the Max entertainment rad a couple times a week on your social media. Okay. So when we launch, we're going to be on the social media faces of every bar, restaurant, coffee shop, anybody who's open in any of those stops that wants to be advertised about, it's all free. Have any video you want. Hey, well, come on in, you know, when you, mm -hmm. you know, these guys are walking by. Mm -hmm. he, Lloyd knows the drill. He was here. Bartender Supreme here in Westport when I met him in 1979. I don't know when it was. <laughs> it was probably around then. Yeah, 79. Good memory, our, Bill. Our, our hair was a lot different back then. <laughs> it was. Let me just say that. The phone app is even much more complicated. We're going to do Jasper Mirabli from Jasper's. Great guy. Is going to launch Foodie Fridays. And we're going to do food and drink crawls on Friday, Friday nights. You'll sign up. Everything will be done through the phone app. At Jasper's, you're going to get this meat and wine pairing and a demonstration by the chef of, of what you're getting. The next stop's on the plaza at the Chez, at the Raphael, where they're going to do a different wine and maybe, you know, fish pairing. And mm -hmm. maybe we're going to hop on the bus and then have dessert at Port Fonda. And this is all one price for the night, one price. Right? Okay. Five bucks to ride all night, five bucks, and three dollars for a one-way pass. And uh, in case you want to go meet somebody, okay. we're going to have buttons on it. Press this button and, and immediately Bill George's company, Yellow Cab, mm -hmm. 1010 Taxi, uh, Z-Trip. Z-Trip is the one they're pushing right now. Mm -hmm. They're going to have a special meet you at the next stop, $2 a mile to get home. You know exactly what it's going to cost you to get wow. there. Okay. And we're going to get people 
if if you're a group of four and you live within five miles of any of our stops you know anywhere along the way we're gonna get you home for ten bucks you know think about the cost per person that's that's a pretty cheap cheap night for all of you if you spent five bucks for all night I went to the bus union guys and I said to them I want to do something that's never been done on the buses and they go what's that I got want to put a little tip jar in the front of the bus that said did I entertain you and I want to stick the first dollar in and I said you watch how nice those bus drivers are gonna be when you're walking in that bus and helping you find and get to where you're going I want to put a smile on every driver's face. I want your drivers to make more money. Uh, John Walker was one of the guys and, um, and his counterpart. And uh, they looked at me kind of like, wow, they, they kind of conferred for a minute. And they, yeah, I, I, we, you can do that. And I go, okay. Well, yeah. I, I said, you know. And then, you know, you guys needed me to lobby for more pay. I'll, I'll go to the head guy and tell them they deserve more pay because I, I know they do. You know, what do you want me to Ooh. say? But um, but I want everybody to win on this. And I told the city, this is a huge revenue generator in the bus company. I said, the city will be able to track if our sales and liquor sales go back up after a two-year decline, you're going to be able to track that it's helping everybody, all the places, all the city, the bus company, and, and to be the first bus route to ever you know pay for itself. Oh, I haven't even finished telling you about Saturday night. I'm going to back up a little bit. Okay. Because Saturday is just as big as Fridays. Okay. Um, and Fridays, we're going to do uh, drink crawls too. Uh, beer crawls, wine crawls, uh, barbecue crawls. So we're going to do some fun stuff in the, in the food uh, fields. And we'll get chefs to come in and talk about some of the stuff they're making. Um, and we'll have a lot of videos on it about. But Saturday nights... A gal named Samantha Green from the Crawls for Cancer. They started here in Kansas City in 2001 and uh, started down here in Westport. That's where I met Samantha. And they're now in 26 cities. And it's an incredible organization where every organization has to guarantee there's nobody at the top that gets paid a fee to do this. All your money has to go. 75% uh, to a cancer or research facility of your, of your choice and 25% can go to any other charity. But they make everybody sign agreements in all these other cities they do. No money comes back to Kansas City or to, to Samantha. Now they'll pay the cost for her flying out and getting it set up and, and, and her room, but, and, but that's it. And any rate, she's launching the Crawl for Cancer scavenger hunts. Now in 2013, Samantha set the world record for the world's biggest pub crawl here in Kansas City. I'm on her team and I'm on her board anyway, so I've, I've been with them since day one. We had 4,885 people successfully completed Guinness's rules of a pub crawl and you all had to wear lanyards and get uh, a punched hole in a, every stop where you consumed a liquid, not necessarily alcohol. Um, we started with almost 8,000 people, but 3,000 people got a little too happy to finish. And, <laughs> and, and it was kind of funny because the Guinness people are walking around going, well, that one doesn't count. There are all these ones, lanyards on the ground. And you're like, mm -hmm. oh, my God, we're not going to make the record. We're going we're gonna to fail. I, this doesn't count and this doesn't count. And I'm like, oh, my God, they're giving me like oh, thousands that don't count. What are we going to do? You know, and we still won.
and we're five years reigning in the Guinness record book now. And a town in Australia has tried to beat us twice and failed. And um, the majority of our funds go to um, Kansas City's Breast Cancer Research Foundation, that the um, 90% of their, the funds go specifically into research and only 10% into administrative. So we're really excited about um, where our money goes. But now this leads <laughs> I back. I never heard that story, Bill. But, but wow. this is what leads up to, and this is where I dreamed up the whole, you know, um, doing not necessarily pub crawls, but link-ups with entertainment areas so that you can meet people. Mm -hmm. And I'll get back to that through the phone app. But Saturdays, she's going to launch the Crawl for Cancer scavenger hunts. And every week we're going to show you what the big prize is, whether it's a big screen TV or, or whatever it's going to be. And for $10, you can sign up. And it's, it's a combination of like Pokemon and taking some pictures and submitting them to the phone app to win the prize. And like I was telling Jasper Brobley, we'll do some crazy stuff like you have to have a, a receipt of a, of a cannoli from Jasper's. <laughs> and, and he busted out laughing like that too. Yeah. And, uh -huh. okay. and uh, I think it's going to be a fun deal. They want to do the opening weekend of filling the buses. I, I, uh, Samantha hasn't quite asked him yet, but I know that she did a great job on our presentation last week with the uh, KCATA board. But we think that we could pack those buses on opening weekend. And when I told her that, See, the break-even point is 1,500 people, really. I'm going to call it 2,000 people just because I'm going to give it super padding. Now, remember, I did this for three years with Bill George. I know all the numbers, and I know how many gallons of gas, and I know what the pay is for, for the, our guys at the bus company. Mm -hmm. And I know we need the mechanic on duty. I know we need the dispatcher on duty. I, I get it, and a security guy... It's just going to drive back and forth from Jackson County. I built all those costs in, and so we're at, uh, you know, 2,000 people. If they pay $5 a person, we will be the first bus route in the history of the city to ever break even or make money. And I told Samantha that. I go, it's going to take, you know, a couple thousand people. And she goes, have you told them yet they're going to have to have more buses <laughs> and I, I, she goes we're going to break that on the first night she goes in the second night she goes and i might come up with a plan we might break it every the whole first month but i'm going to tell you a couple of the other things that we're going to do to advertise this besides every bar sharing our ad and i think this is fun because i'm going to ask you guys to be in this we're going to come up with a music video launch song we're going to take the song i've got a feeling by the black eyed peas and after we're done with this, uh, I've seen that video. Did you do that video? I, the, the one that I see online. There's one that I've been posting because these kids from did it up in um, Montreal. And right. Quebec. Okay. That's probably what I saw. Yeah. Uh -huh. And yeah. they did a, a lip sync that song. They did it all in one take. We one can't, camera thing. Yeah. yeah. We can't do that. But here's what I want to do. I've got a film crew that's going to go in and out of as many bars, restaurants, coffee shops. I'm going to get back to the coffee shops in a minute, too. Uh, hotels, everywhere that's advertising with us, get us on and off the buses, get as many people to lip sync part of that song. And then we're going to tie it all back in together as one song, get everybody's email. Mm -hmm. And then that's going to be our launch song through all the bars, restaurants, the emails. But even bigger, 
the city said yes so far on you know several of my ideas they think i'm out there but here's i want three cards we want a special blue card first for because ride kc loves the men in blue if you're a policeman in the two-state area give us your email we're going to give you a ride kc blue card and we don't even care if you're a retired policeman we want to reach out to you you and a guest get to ride for free whenever you want to ride our entertainment route cool hop on a board you've mm -hmm. earned it and i wouldn't admit this to the firemen but because when i told them i told them it's i'm gonna let the policeman bring a guest and the firemen you get a red card you just get to bring yourself i want all the firemen on there free too because i want everybody that's been in the uh in that industry uh first responders i think they've earned the right to and and rightfully so uh, i want those kind of people riding my buses in case something not that anything would bad would happen but that guarantees nothing's gonna happen that's right <laughs> nothing's gonna happen and uh hey look who's over there yeah. and we're gonna have a concierge at each neighborhood stop that's gonna be able to point out what direction you want to go and tell you where things are it sounds very well thought and, out and here's our yellow card and this is our biggest promotion Mm -hmm. yeah the, the ride kc yellow card every hair salon in the greater metropolitan area gets a yellow card first time you get to ride for free we want to give you a free ride we're going to punch a hole in it and instead of paying five dollars you to pay three dollars the one-way price anytime you use your card oh and by the way you can share your card nobody's gonna check you know mm -hmm. okay all you have to do is give us your email and every week we're going to tell you what Chef Jasper Mirable is going to do in Kansas City. And then you're going to see the prize that you can win for the crawl for cancer. And we're going to show some of the different, you know, bachelorette parties and stuff, how to have some fun on Saturday nights going through scavenger hunts. And, um, see, Bill knows how to get the word out to the to the ladies he knows where to go with it yeah, yeah. and we're, we're only successful if they come and that's, that's right. right because you know this, this is going to be a massive uh ladies night out party guy bachelor party kind of thing yeah this is bill nigro what you just heard this is the way the bill nigro brain works and i i have seen this at work for what i don't know 40 years yeah because i stood making pizzas every day for That's 25 right. years i was going crazy but he thinks of this stuff and this is a good example for everybody who listens they hear me talking about zero base thinkers versus zero sum thinkers Zero-based thinkers are people who, who look at situations and go, this is not quite right, this could be better, and they start stripping things away, and then they start building these what-ifs. That's Bill. Zero-sum thinkers just say, well, that's the way everything is, uh, conventional wisdom. You know, this is, uh, Bill Nigro is a great example of an imagination, an infinite thinker, and this is just one thing. But you know, we could talk for hours about the kind of things that you've dreamt up that have actually worked, and some of the ones that that were we, a flop. We tried that flop, but my gosh, they all had really. I think that they're clever. They got good intentions, and you know what? It usually works. We're all business guys that are on my team. I'm. I'm kind of like the coach of your new revenue generating uh, team and uh, tourism building team. And my first draft pick was Jasper Mirabli. 
Because wait till, you know, Patrick Mahomes tastes his tomato sauce, he'll never eat ketchup again. (laughs) (laughs) I guarantee. And my second draft pick was Samantha Green. And not only is she the world record holder for the world's biggest pub crawl, she just finished first place in her age category of a 5K race. So that's my starting team. And wait till we get all the chefs and bar owners. And then... For the 18, 19, and 20-year-olds, because I think if you're old enough to go to war, you're old enough to ride our entertainment route, we're going to do scavenger hunts through the coffee shops and the hookah bars. And we're going to link up to the new streetcar line. And we're going to send the food crawls, you know, the scavenger hunts, you know, the, 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 through the coffee shops and the food bar, everything, all along the streetcar line. Because it's all about experience in Kansas City. And it's free to hop on it anyway, so your $5, you know, ride for the night is, it doesn't matter anyway. And, and then we got more people that will be able to advertise on the phone app for free and sign up. And then we're going to come out with our Ride KC's recommended places to visit weekdays on the phone app. And we want to put you all on there for free. And give us a video that talks about your place and why they should come in. We want you to put that on there and let people know who you are, what special you have on what night. It's create your deal, put it on a, a little video if you like, or just put it in pictures still, whatever you want. It doesn't cost you anything for a whole year, it's free. And then I told the city manager, we make sure that in, in the years moving forward, it's, it's just a cheap deal. If it costs anything, it's 20 bucks. The phone app, guys, you know, it's got to cover the persons or people that, constantly keep up the phone app. And um, I think that this would be huge for Kansas City. Sounds like something that could be pitched by the uh, convention people also. I, I pitched it to them and uh, it all comes down to the city manager's given the thumbs up on it. Yeah. And uh, Scott Wagner, city councilman, that's why he opened the presentation in front of the bus company like, this is badly needed by our city. Just think of it this way, crime, DUI checkpoints and crummy parking and every one of the neighborhoods we're going to stop at have all devastated our neighborhoods and uh, you know business is down and this is a way to show people again what we have to offer in an easy to hop on every hotel link with us we want to advertise for your hotel I went uh, to the guys that have you know the Raphael and, and the Marriott downtown and uh, I told Kevin Pastilli, I said, what I'm going to do, and he goes, wow, I want in, I want in. Yeah. I, my, I want the, my place, the Raphael, he, he's on the food crawl. I know Jasper Mrobley, I want in. And interesting, every chef I've talked to when I go, I'm thinking about doing this, and you'd be linked up with Jasper I want on it, I want in. What, <laughs> how do you do it? Tell us what to do. And I, I see there's such a desire for it. And so many of the chefs along the way in each one of those areas want to show off what they got. And this is going to be a fun way. Uh, you know, Jasper Mrobley's already got a cooking show, you know, that he t- he's on every week on, at, uh, you know, on Saturdays. And um, we're going to have some real fun with it. And uh, we're excited about it. And uh, it sounds like you got some great people behind it already. We're going to have it's a get, big idea. Get a job in the service industry. We're going to have that on the phone app. You want to find a job in the service part-time? You want to be a waitress part-time, waiter, whatever, bartender, looking for... 
we'll have all that for you to link on. I went to Budweiser and I told them, I'm going to have a beer wars section. I want to know who's got the best beer commercial. And I'm going to let the customers vote who's got, so we're going to have a beer wars section. We're going to have a history section. Submit to us interesting pictures of people and places from the past with from fun anecdotes on it. And Loyez sent this picture standing behind the happy buzzard in 1980. You know, <laughs> then people will take stock in our phone app. See, we have to change the way that people think about our buses. And, and I did a, a kind of a random study about, uh, uh, this was five years back, what do people think about our buses? And I did it with about 75 people here in Westport. I go, tell me anything you know. I said it like this, though. Tell me what you know about the KCATA. And everybody go, what's that? Mm. And I go, okay. Tell me what you know about our city bus company. Anything you know. Number one answer was, I think, I think it's a dollar or a dollar fifty. And but they didn't know for sure. But the number two answer overwhelmingly was, didn't the drivers get punched in the face? That was, I mean, I go, what's your what else do you know about them? That was the bam, that was it each time. And I was like, no wonder nobody gets on our buses. Everybody has the same second comment. You know, the drivers got attacked. Yeah. Wow. Well, you know, I used to ride them a lot. And uh, it, it, there, there are people who, a small minority of people who uh, ride them by choice. I mean, there are a lot of people. That's right. their only option. And But I can remember back in the 80s, it was so unusual for somebody who owned a car to ever get on a bus that star magazine did a story about uh like four of us yeah uh because people just don't even think about them it's just that it's that thing that gets in my way you know when right. i'm driving we did but, a uh, uh one morning on the radio we did a ride on the bus and broadcasted live with oh uh, did you with a couple of our staff people on there, and it was it was an adventure, you know, yeah, a dis adventure of a discovery. Well, I yeah. enjoy it. I enjoy it. Huh. So that's great the way you've taken all these existing assets that are not really utilized, and you brought all the technology together, and I'm going to build. And you made a it a win-win-win-win deal. This is a super team of of entertainment people that are in the fields of all different sorts of stuff about Kansas City and we're going to united together going to promote a really cool route in Kansas City and um, this changes the mindset really well and you've bucks. made the whole process its own social experience so when you're on the bus that's got to be a lot of fun too you'll be able to track the buses so if you're sitting at the bar here come the next bus we got to you know close mm -hmm. our tabs right now you know mm. and you, you run it so you'll be able to do all that isn't that fun Very it's cool. a big city idea really and i don't think it even happens in big cities i think you're gonna uh when you pull this thing off you it it's gonna be a you know, the start of a trend it's gonna be one of it's the most get a lot of entertainment routes in the country but, and like I said, it's just the team. And I just told them, I just want to be the coach. Just pay me for one year and I'm out. And see if we don't score touchdown after touchdown in the city on building tourism and revenue. Well, that's great. I, and and to, to look, you're, you always find solutions in the marketplace. You can't 
rely on some kind of institution or committee or something to do this. You go out there and you connect all the dots and then you lead it and pull it together and build. That's, that's what's amazing about, about your whole approach. Well, I, and I think I, I want to be that group that's it's paying for itself. I want it to, to not, I want to be able to say, okay, now we're going to go to the middle of the week mm-hmm. and it's hump night. Mm-hmm. Hump night's the cheap night. And here's all the specials we got on hump night, you know, crawl through our town. And that's the night you can go out and try anything. And look at all these specials you got to choose from. Who wouldn't want to just do that in the middle of the week on your slow night and go, look at what we got going on. It's a great idea. For next to nothing. Not to mention, there's going to be places that have, you know, uh, whatever bargains and sales will always be on every Friday and Saturday night. So if you follow the discounts... That $5 to ride all night costs zero. Mm -hmm. Zero. Follow the specials. Cool. That's all they have to do when they get on. Well, let's dig a little deeper into some of the other things that uh, this gentleman has done. Well, there's quite a few. (laughs) Now, first off, I I just want to point out we're in an interesting office, and I wanted to ask a couple of questions. Okay. First off, there are seven or eight pair of running shoes or walking shoes under your desk. What's the story on that? I change shoes a lot because I jog a lot. Okay. And so I change my shoes several times a day. And then some of my other ones on the bottoms, you know, I, I flip for when I have to dress and go somewhere nice. Okay. So I just, instead of keeping running in the other room, I started shoving them under there pretty soon. And you know what? Everybody that comes in makes fun of me about There you go. That. Well, I think it's, uh, they're, very, so they're very organized. But yes. here, here's my favorite one is this one. And I don't know that you got to look at it. It's a Statue of Liberty in front of the uh, Twin Towers in New York City, the World yeah. Trade uh-huh. Center. Yeah. And um, when I, I bought the uh, Federal Storage Building here with a couple other guys in 2001, uh, we bought it right before that happened. And right when that happened... I was upstairs um, a month later going through some abandoned stuff in this building, and there was that picture. And I looked Very at cool. it and go, oh my God. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. And the Statue of Liberty is in front of both of those, and mm-hmm. I go, I, and if you read the saying on it too, I, I really like, not just the opportunity part, but the little saying where destiny is not a matter of chance, it's a matter of choice. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um you know, it's it's it is kind of a true saying. If you don't go out there and get it, it isn't going to happen. You can have a dream about that's how it could be, but you got to go out and get it. And I looked at that picture and I read that, and I'm like, man, this is hanging in my office. There you so, go. Even yes. though it's banged up and they didn't want it, and you know, and it's just like it was. Very cool. Now, um, there was a bumper sticker that says, "I fished with Harold Ensley." Did you? Yes, I did. And before you leave, I'm going to give you his two book collection. Okay. And I'm going to tell you. Gone fishing. Instead. Of just a wishing. I drive a Ford Country sedan wagon, and I hope you do too. Thank you, Don Warnock, and hi, everybody. (laughs) Man, you guys nailed it. Nailed it. We've been around this town. (laughs) That was all we were allowed to watch in the 60s when Dad took control of the TV. Oh, yeah. And it was time for her to dance, right? And your dad was a judge. My dad was a lawyer originally, and then when Dad became a judge, he was still one of his best friends. And. Just kind of, you know, always, you know, would, uh, but they, they went fishing together twice a year at least, all the years that uh, they could go. And yeah. uh, they went to Alaska, didn't they? 
There was a trip down to uh, or up to northern Manitoba at God's Lake in 1980 where some of the Walmart executives, one of them canceled out. And the day before the trip, and my dad was already set to go, Harold Ensley called me and said, Billy, he says, somebody canceled out. It's $300. It costs you just for the flight from uh, Winnipeg up to this where we get dropped off on the lake and blah, blah, blah. And I said, I'm in, I'm in. He goes, now you're going to have to carry everybody's luggage. And I go, no problem. You know, I'm always <laughs> like, you know, 22, <laughs> three. And uh, for eight days, I got to fish with Harold Ensley. Very cool. But the first time he told me I was going to fish with him, I was a kid. And I was like in fifth grade. Well, his TV show was a big deal. You know, mm -hmm. everybody at school had to watch him because their dads were watching mm -hmm. it. It's only three channels. Mm -hmm. and <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so Harold tells me, Billy, I'm going to take you fishing. So I tell my friend, man, I'm going to be on TV. I'm going to be on TV. We went night fishing. Oh. I didn't do any filming at night back then. <laughs> I had to come back and tell my friends, I'm not you know, I was there, look, I've got a bumper sticker. <laughs> my younger brother, Tori, beat me to it on being on TV, too. That bummed me out. Oh, did he get on the show? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> he beat me to it. <laughs> Speaking of Tori, you, your younger brother, a great guy. I love Tori. He, you, you named a pizza after Tori, didn't you? I was trying to get him to go into business with me, and I probably punched him too many times as a kid. He was two years younger, and you know he was he was a faster runner because he was running for his life. And mm -hmm. you know I couldn't blame him for not wanting to make pizzas with me every day. But no, he's I loved him to death, and I oh I do love him to death still. And uh, he went into he was the you know suit and tie guy, and I was the gym shorts and t-shirt guy. So we were just kind of opposites. He was two years younger, and he retired as president of Blue Cross and Blue Shield and uh, then opened he his own. He did very well, didn't he? Yeah, he opened his own Obamacare buying agency with uh, a guy named Ukadi that's uh, a real big insurance mm -hmm. firm here in town. And mm -hmm. I remember he already complained to me one day, I've already got over 25 employees. I swore I'd never be back in the employee business. You know, And I go, oh, well, I thought you were going to retire. <laughs> <laughs> But then you you named a pizza place after him. Yeah, talk yeah, about talk about that. That was really your first major business endeavor, right? Yeah, it was Tori's. Sounded a lot better than Bill's Pizza. I mean, you know, I couldn't it did. Have, <laughs> couldn't name it after myself. So so uh, talk a little bit about that uh, about that beginning and in, in those days in Westport and and building uh, an, a a brand like that and. And what was the eventual, how, how big did Tori's get? I think a lot of people remember Tori's Pizza and, and think, what is the status now? What, what do you do in the pizza world still? I, I, I totally got out of it. I had my share and a couple of people have, I, I constantly get people come to me and go, don't you want to open another? We'll make it. You don't have to do anything. Just kind of do this. And I go, I was so picky about pizzas that I personally stood in the kitchen and made pizzas, and Loy can attest to this. Yes, absolutely. Every day for lunch and dinner time, at least five or six days a week, I made pizzas. I made between 100 to 300 pizzas a day for a 20-year period straight. And uh, I did all the pizza concession at Royal Stadium from 1998 to 2003. And uh, I was kind of had a deal where I had to work with, it's Aramark now, I used to be volume services, but my deal was I had to use their employees. Well, 
trying to retrain somebody new every day was an impossibility. So I'd go in real early and they'd tell me exactly how many people we had and I knew exactly how many pizzas to make and I'd bust out between 100 to 500 pizzas a day. And they allowed me to bring one of my own employees in who then then made me hire through you know, their company mm -hmm. and he, he was allowed to help me. And uh, we'd bust those pizzas out before a game and the greatest thing about it was all my work was done at uh, seventh inning and because uh, you don't bake anymore after that and their help cooked them all and stuff and I'd go sit down in the front row with my two hot Polish dogs fully loaded <laughs> and my beer and soft serve ice cream mm -hmm. and you know the Royals wouldn't be doing so well so I could go sit in the front row in seventh inning and and watch the end of some incredible games for five years and I got paid to be there to do it wow I thought this is like the life <laughs> what could be greater than this and I was 75 pounds heavier i ate my way to the top after you know working in kitchens for 25 oh, years. oh yeah it'll get you yeah yeah I, wow. I grazed all day long so when you see these young folks in the business in the restaurant business now yeah what are your thoughts about it um i mean obviously you're you know if people say hey do you miss it i miss the people i had some great employees and and like two of them that i stood in the kitchen with for over 20 years five days a week. Um, they both died of cancer and you know at the end they both wanted to see me a lot and talking about it's like losing a sibling. I mean and then you come to the realization that you actually had more conversations with them as a person than you did with any of your siblings. Oh yeah sure yeah. But I, but I cared about my product and I got a bunch of awards in the 80s and 90s for best pizzas and uh, you know, we did over a million dollars in sales for, you know, over 20 years. And, and, and those are, uh, you know, all in food sales. It's, it's hard to do. And there were trucks. Oh, yeah. I, I, was, I was, got into the delivery business. And because I got into the delivery business, I, I could trade with anybody, too. And I traded out food weekly with Lamar's Donuts. Every week, I seem to remember Mars. some barbecue thing going on there for a while. Too. Oh, uh, when I traded barbecue, it was because a couple of my employees that were part time were full time down at Rosedale Barbecue, mm -hmm. and Sunday nights was baby back rib night, and uh, so I trade out two large pizzas for two baby back slabs. <laughs> smothered in sauce and fries scattered all over. Uh, the underpinnings <laughs> of the restaurant world. <laughs> the one that was the most gluttonous one was Lamar's. Those girls over there at Lamar's, they love kind of like giving me a hard time and you know, and I dish it back, but mm -hmm. they would order the same two pizzas every time. And I mean, this went on for well over a decade. I had to go on for about 15 years, it seemed like. They would get a large hamburger and a large Supreme. They would send me eight to ten of the giant boxes full of donuts. Wow. I'd have so many. While well, I was making, you know, pizzas in the morning, I'd take the chocolate eclairs, I'd eat the chocolate off the top, I'd squeeze the cream out of the middle and throw the bread away, <laughs> drinking my coffee, shaking and zooming while that I was making pizzas as fast as lightning, trying to keep up with all the orders. Snow days were stressful. Oh, Everybody man. wanted a delivery on a snow day. Oh, wow. Tell a waitress, you got a car, now you're a delivery driver. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you miss a lot of the great people you had, and I remember there were a lot of fun people too. Yeah. Uh, but what parts of that 
industry are you really glad to see in the rearview mirror? Can't get far well, away you enough. Know, it's just employing all those people and be responsible for the payroll taxes and the sales taxes and you know the the whole tax situation is it's it's hard and you know the ups and downs of I, mean, I used to tell people that I was the um, CMO of my company. I'm the chief motivational officer, mm -hmm. and my job is to motivate. At one time, I had 150 employees at once. My job is to make sure that 150 people that live on the brink of life and hardly any more come in every day and are smiling with all my customers. Yes. And, and it's a challenge. And like I said, and that's not with every one of them because I had some great ones that smiled and, and I just, I loved the pieces. And I still love them, guys and gals. And I had some come on, go on to great things. One of them's an assistant city manager right now. She was a bartender at the Beaumont Club and uh, met her husband there, Jake. And so I've, I've met an incredible bunch of people and uh, what a fun experience. But really it's, that, it's, the, it's the tax and all that stuff that creates all that complexity <laughs> that really sucks the life out of somebody who's trying to get out there and daily letters things. from the Missouri State folks. yes yeah yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah well and dealing with the health department and regulated industries mm -hmm. they have a lot of laws about our employees you know we have to get a liquor and a health card now imagine nobody in Kansas has any card and the state of Missouri has no cards but Kansas City has both a health card and a liquor card before you can come to work for me. And they total in price right now of uh, over $75. Wow. Okay. To get both cards. Why are they going after the poorest of people? Can you imagine if you told all the lawyers you got to pay a $75 card? They'd look at you and go, yeah, right. Mm -hmm. It's like an employment uh, fee. Yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna get off of unemployment and get a job. Or yeah. first thing is cough up seventy five right. bucks. And then the other thing they want all of our employees, and you know I'm talking about seventy five thousand people in this town that work in the service industry in different capacities. I mean, when you add them all up, there's forty thousand people that have liquor cards alone, and the people that don't deal with liquor don't have to get the liquor card, but the people that some of the people that do both have to get both cards and half of our employees in this industry don't have cars and imagine being told you've got to go to 7th and Woodland and then 23rd and Troost and you have to use our Kansas City I got no money and I got to use Kansas City transportation to get there because I don't got wheels I, I'm see that in itself is, is criminal and the city has a law saying they're not allowed to make money on those cards boy where does forty two dollars go for a liquor card uh, and i'm like mm -hmm. really the background check when we all used to do it ourselves before the city took it over was a dollar forever up until the 90s and 2000 it all of a sudden it was ten dollars and now it's well now it costs because we go through a special deal <laughs> where we check nationally not just it, the highway patrol background check to me to get a, a liquor license to sell liquor is good enough, but for a liquor license holder, in case you came from across the state, they can check your whole background before you get a liquor card in case you're a criminal. Because mm -hmm. we don't want you to slip a Mickey in a, right. in a drink. <laughs> and uh, 
one day I told the city council that we're, we're all there, I said, you know, you got to think about this, though. Who are you more worried about? The bartender out front pouring a drink in front of everybody or the axe murdering back who doesn't have to get a liquor card chopping up all your food right before you're going to eat it. I go, who are you more worried about? Does that mean now you got to go make them get liquor cards? I go, let's be real. And then every year, three years, I got to prove I'm not a criminal, so I got to go pay it again. So besides the the big idea with the uh, buses, which is exciting, you you've got some other things in the works, don't you, Bill? I mean, there there are always other ideas on the drawing board. Yeah, Bill this Nigro. other one's on the drawing board. I don't know if I want to air it yet. Cause, okay. Um, but I'm going to tell you guys after the deal because I want you to hear it because it's, and I'll give you a little take-home piece to, okay. All right. to, to look at as I'm um, talking another about Another reason it, to come back. <laughs> yeah, another reason to come back maybe sometime. And it's a dream of a, a retired uh, teacher from Pembroke Hill. Uh, so it's an educationally focused thing. Yeah, we can yeah, say uh, that, right? Kansas City High Schools, yes. All right, good. Okay, I've cool. already pitched my thing with Dr. Bedell, who I think, Dr. Bedell, that's our superintendent, I think is, he's our guy. I mean, I've been watching and reading about every superintendent because I've hired so many high school kids from out of our system, you know, for the 40 years I've, I was in the, you know, restaurant bar business down here. And I'll tell you... Dr. Bedell is the guy. He's stuck with us. First time I met him, I, I want to tell you just a, sh a short bit about him and then I'll move on. But because um, I wanted to pitch this plan to him and I said, uh, we sat down and just chit-chatting before. And I said, well, the first thing that Kansas City, I said, you want to know what Kansas City really wants to know about you. And he goes, what's that? And he goes, whether you're going to be here longer than a year or two, like the last 20 guys before you. Mm -hmm. And he gave me an incredible answer that I just loved. He goes, you know, and he looked at me really serious. And he goes, when I moved here, he goes, I had to get my two kids and promise them that I would never do this to them again. And he goes, so if you guys, if this city fires me, he goes, my kids are going to finish out in this school system here. I'll take a teacher's job somebody, somewhere, somebody hire me as a teacher. And I'll stick here until my kids are done. And then as soon as they're up and out and on their own, he goes, who knows where I'll go. But otherwise, I'm committed. I'm staying. They can kick me off. And I'm like, I love this guy. Mm -hmm. I love this guy already. And, uh, and then in further conversation, he's got, uh, you know, incredible hurdles to, to overcome and, um, and challenges. And uh, I applaud him. He's one of the, the jewels of Kansas City that people don't really realize what goes on. Wow. So big things coming. We can't quite talk about it yet, but things that are going to uh, hopefully have an impact on the Kansas City schools, well, high schools. By the way, I pitched that to Howard Buffett. I actually figured out how to get Howard Buffett on the phone. And he is the son of Warren Buffett. And I don't know if you know much about Howard Buffett, but... Mm -mm. He is incredible unto himself. I mean, his dad gave him nothing, and he's probably worth a half billion, but that's because he keeps giving it away. He has, he's on the like board of National Geographic, and he has some super farms on several continents, and he's given huge amounts of money away to save endangered species and feed a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's built massive farms on other continents to help feed people. And uh, he's... 
the chairman of the Presidential Debate Committee, and I heard on 60 Minutes, Warren Buffett's gonna, when Warren Buffett goes, he goes, Howard's gonna take over everything. Wow. I got him on the phone for just a couple minutes. I know that's all I was given because I didn't fit into the, the scope of his his foundation, but I got him on the phone. I thought that's that was good. Well, you're working it. At least you did it. Yeah, yeah, I did. I felt like that was a, a super, that was a win to get him to the phone. It's a story unto itself, but fun, fun stuff. Cool. So what else is happening now? You are a, uh, you told me one time years ago that you were a brickianaire. Yeah. Uh, it, that's it, that's you, a guy who doesn't have much cash, but he owns a bunch of bricks. You got a bunch of bricks. <laughs> yeah, I'm a couple bricks light, but I, I got plenty right now. <laughs> so there are a couple of uh, the uh, historical buildings yeah. down in Westport. Yeah, and... the, uh, the the building that Lloyd lived in for a while down there. Oh, the, yeah. Um, above uh We'll have to talk about, then. About, about ghosts sometimes, because Sam Kirk, the owner of the Buzzard, swore that the first time that he told me about ghosts on the top floor he said man it sounds like it's kids playing so now i'm gonna give you some history about that building uh, it's called mabry hall now it was given that name in the 1870s but it was actually built in 1843 and it was owned by a group called the odd fellows who aren't you don't really call them a religious group but they're a do do good kind of group mm -hmm. it was called hebron hall been in hebron, their place hebron up, up in hall Liberty. that's yeah. right mm -hmm. yeah i you, lived in it for quite yeah. a while so i you mm -hmm. nailed it um yeah and they took in uh kids whose parents died along the trail going west in the 1840s 50s 60s and typically a lot of these kids that came into that building were also sick if their parents were real sick but some of them They'd raise them until they were old enough to move on their own way. And the minute that uh, Sam told me about he thought it was kids, I thought to myself, how many kids died in that building, um, you know, that came in sick? And, and the bottom floor in the 1870s was taken over by a Dr. Mabry, who named it Mabry Hall, and he was the local doctor. Well, when you're sick and dying, where do you bring them? Eh, you know, there might have been a few people, you know, pass at that building. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Bill, they never bothered me. Well, that's good, because they never bothered me. Those ghosts me. left me alone. And it, Were you aware of them? Well, you know what? I I didn't, uh, I wasn't paying attention. I okay. wasn't looking for, right. I probably, by the time I got in from my uh, Westport carousing and, and mm -hmm. made it to bed, it would take more than a ghost. Oh, okay, to, there you uh, go. Keep yeah, me away. sure, exactly, yeah. So, but the, you got some ghost activity, huh? Yeah, we've had some ghost activity, and um, you know, Sam Kirk is the only one that could really tell you about it. He's the owner of uh, the Buzzard Beach in Westport, and uh, uh, my favorite bar in Kansas City. It's, it was an interesting transition there that Bill. That was Bill Roy, and I Roy's actually. Invention. Yep, that's how we've. Bill heard. and I were in business together for a. Uh, we we were partners in a business that was open for a day. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. This and is incredible. Was, and it was a very successful day. Uh, well, um, can we find out more on that? Uh, uh, yeah, you want to hear? So, the lady who was the landlord didn't like me, but she loved Loy. And That's the so, story of his life. So <laughs> Loy comes to me and goes, Hey, Bill, we could rent this bar for... Five hundred dollars for the day, wasn't that the cost? Oh gosh, I don't, I wouldn't remember. I, yeah, I remember because I was paying it. Mm -hmm. Five hundred dollars for the one day. 
And I thought, man, $500 in 1984 or 85, it was one of those years, was like a lot of money. So I get this catering permit to cover the whole place off of Tori's Pizzeria. Now, the buzz, Happy Buzzard's been closed. It's been it's a in few transition. other things. Okay, all right. Uh, it was Cul Culver Sideline maybe by then and yeah. Medicine Man, and it was empty, right? Right, right, right. it was empty. Okay. okay. And uh, so... We clean it up ourselves, you know, and get it into shape and get, and I, I order everything we need. And we decided that, I think it was, I think you decided that, wasn't it you that said, let's sell six packs to go at the front door? Yeah. yeah. Let's sell six packs to go at the front door. <laughs> so I buy, that night it got down to uh, like 32 or 33 degrees, but the high for the day was going to be 60. And... So to cool the beer that we ordered, because I remember calling up Budweiser, they had the cheapest beer and natural light was on sale for seven bucks a case. Mm -hmm. And we bought... Amazing he remembers these details. That's something, yes. I barely remember yeah. the day. I, I bought 500 cases and Joe Service called me and goes, Bill, we can't take those back, you know. And I go, Joe, be ready with your truck and have more beer ready. Because if we sell out, I don't want to run out. And he, and he started laughing, yeah, right. So we bought more beer, but six packs to go. It was $5 a six pack. We sold at the top steps of the uh, Buzzer Beach and we sold all 500 cases. We sold like 550 cases of that at the front door. And then didn't we go to, uh, to Cancun for two weeks after that one? Yeah. Or a week. We, we went. We yeah. went for a week. Was it? Cabo, where was it? Was it Cancun? Cancun, I think. We'll check the police records. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that, what year was that? That was the 80s. That was mid-80s. 84 or 5. Okay. So you you paid 500 bucks to rent the space for a day. You went yeah. in and cleaned it all up, mm -hmm. and then you hung out on the top steps and sold six-packs. Yeah, but no, we sold inside, too. That oh, did you? Just, okay. Oh, yeah. That was only a piece of the money. Oh, okay. That wasn't even the biggest piece. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's why we went out of town for a week or so. Yeah, and we what had was, bars set up What outside. was the name of the place for the day? Was what did we call it? It was, uh, wasn't it your name? I don't know. It was Loy. Loy Ho Loy Hose? Wasn't okay. it Loy Hose? I don't know. Wow. Yeah, we were the no-name. We had a, yeah. Before to, the get, no -name. to get the license, we had to do something with a different group that needed money, like a non-for-profit. So I got the rugby team. That's right. The rugby team was our, and they go, I go, what do you guys want? They go, well, can you give us some, you know, like, like five cases of beer? And I go, I'll give you guys a couple kegs. Are you kidding me? I go, <laughs> I gave them, I gave them an uh, open tab on beers. Was Gerard Seymour involved at that point with the rugby? Uh, oh, he gosh, was, he, he was with so. a different rugby team. No. Okay. He was the Blues. No, no. one of the Blues. It, no. it was a relative of the liquor director at the time. Oh, okay. All right. right. He had a, That's always good. He had one of his kids playing on that rugby team. Hmm. That's right. And and you know what? It was... Uh, I like talking about Lukanoff because he was a great old yeah. guy. He, yeah. Yeah. He really we started was. off on the wrong foot, but man, in the end, he was super good. Yeah, Jerry was involved, I think, with that team. Yeah, he yeah, was with was... that. That was Jerry's team. That was one year though when I took Bill, my windows uh, out. The next year they wouldn't let us take our windows out, sell beer to go. Mm, at Tori's mm -hmm. Pizza, this was before we did the buzzer thing. This mm -hmm. was in like '80. I took my windows out in the front, selling six pack to go. I the sale had to be right inside. I read the rules. And 
I made everybody, I, I got a this. long table, so you had to reach inside the window to hand us the money and pick up the beer. I told all my help, don't hand it out the window. Mm -hmm. Set it on the table, make them reach for everything. Set the money on the table, reach on the table. That way we're not in violation. And they flipped out about it. And then the next year we all got a letter in Westport saying, no one's allowed to take out your window. And they sent it to us like for five years straight. Okay, yeah. And, and that doesn't exist in today's world at all. No, it? no, that doesn't exist at all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I used to hold the record for the Kansas City's fastest 3 a.m. liquor license until the Power and Light District came. This is kind of funny. When I opened the Beaumont Club in 93, um, to get a 3 a.m. liquor license, you had to bring a receipt in for proof of 100000 in sales. Well, when I read it, the way it was worded, I only had to have a receipt for 100000 I didn't actually have to do the sales. So I had my dad read it, who was a retired judge. And he goes, you're right. He goes, I, I, I read this clear as long as you got that receipt. You can go, you can go apply right now because the idea is you have to be over, open and prove yourself for a while until you've done 100000 in sales. So I go down to the state uh, tax office here in Kansas City. At, go in and I said, ma'am, can I prepay my sales tax? She looked at the other guy and goes, sure you can. I go, great, thank you. I need I want to prepay sales tax on hundred grand. No problem. Went in, went down to apply, and the liquor director flipped out. And he said, You can't do this. I said, Oh yes, you can. I said, Let's go up and talk to the city attorney. You know, and he, he blew a stack over it. And uh we got a, a three AM in ten days. So I used to be the fastest until they gave the free money away downtown. <laughs> So. The compliance thinkers do not like Bill Nigro's approach. <laughs> well, because you always, you, it's like you guys want to play by the letter. I'm going to. I'm going to play by the letter, and I'm going to play Here's by the letters. letters. Yeah, it's like if you're going to. And then be, they changed the law, by the way, so nobody else could do it. Yep. Well, I love that. This is April fifth, I think, when we're doing this, and tonight, new additional security goes into the Westport area. How's that working? Um, it went really well at the end of the year, and I've had a bunch of girls tell me they feel, you know, a lot safer, but it's really, it's, it's a nothing. All we did is, I've been working security in Westport for 30 years, uh, or for 40 years now, and because uh, Kyle Kelly and I go back to the beginning of pitching in money for policemen on weekends and, and all that stuff, and then people up on the roofs, like Lloyd was talking about earlier, and we're, we've been a slowly evolving security plan. And every year we look at last year and go, how can we make it better? How can we make it better? Well, this year it's gonna be a lot faster because we've set up more checkpoints. And all we're doing is late at night is making sure we keep guns out of the neighborhood. The message is, hey, no guns allowed. We don't think alcohol, and this is Disneyland, you know, come in and have fun, you know, but don't bring your gun with you. Leave it out in the car or the trunk or just don't bring it. We wanna create an area that's, that's safe into the future and, and this, you can't go to the stadium without getting checked. Can't go to, you know, any any of the basketball games now, any of the sports arenas. Everywhere you go into big arenas, concerts, you get checked everywhere. Well, this is no different. We have crowds of you know five to ten thousand people down here, and we want to make sure everybody remains safe. And um, the press makes a big thing out of, oh, we've had some scary incidents in the past. Well, so is everybody in town. But the reality is. We go by numbers every year. How many incidents a year do we have in our three square block area? And 10 years ago, 
Now, an incident can be everything. I can be drunk and disorderly, somebody passed out, somebody escorted to their car, because, you know, for whatever reason. Somebody, um, you know, broke a window, somebody stealing at the grocery store, a grocery store in our deal, shoplifting. Mm -hmm. you know, so it's a big area, you know, you're going to have several incidents a day, you know, in 365 days out of the year, you know, you're going to have them. And we were at over, at one time, 10 years ago, over 7,000 incidents, okay? Which sounds like a lot, but you divide it down, and it could be anything. Somebody that's sick and puking in a trash can, uh, that's an incident. Guess how many incidents we were down to last year? Under 1,400. I mean, our incidents, we have the best private security team in Kansas City, hands down. We've had some of the same guys on for years, and we're customer service friendly, and um, we go out of our way to make sure women get to their cars safely. And, you know, I'm sorry if some of the media wants to make it out like, oh, it's a dangerous area, but the reality is, you come into our neighborhood now, we got almost 100 cameras on this neighborhood. We got our eye on everything. Don't mess around our neighborhood. Come in, smile, have fun. We want you to come in and enjoy Westport. It's, a, it's where Kansas City started. It's where all the wagons came through and went west. The first bars were up there right in the Kellys, you know. And, and come see a family that's in its third generation now that's running the bar. And a couple of beautiful kids that uh, Kyle mm -hmm. Kelly has that are have taken over and, and do an incredible job. That you can hear about on another podcast here. Yeah. That's right, we had Kyle on. Yeah. Got a great story there, and, and he does have some wonderful kids there running that oh, place. Colleen and Mitch are mm -hmm. rocking. I'm third generation born in Kansas City. My kids are fourth, all born in Kansas City, Missouri. And uh, the Nigros are the largest Italian family in Kansas City. And we're, we're really proud of that. Wow, and they're in all kinds of fields, or the, you're related to the Western wear? And, yep. And, now, um, those guys are the, the guys you need to do a story about, and I'm going to tell you about why real quickly. Over 30 years ago, they started doing charity auctions here in Kansas City for every Catholic church, school, and then it grew into, you know, the animal rights, you know, the wayside waste. Last year... They did 185 events for free in this town. Wow. Wow. Charities. Yeah. I've emceed some of them that they, that they worked That's at. That's every other job. day. They've raised, <laughs> they've raised over $300 million for local charities in this town and not earned one cent. They're amazing. They're my idols. I consider George uh, Nigro to be the uh, kind of patriarch of the largest Italian family in the region. And uh, our family reunion in 2002, there were over 400 of us. Wow. Yeah, fun, cool. fun stuff. It was at the Beaumont Club. Good, great time. All right, Bill Nigro, thanks for joining us, man. Thanks for spending a little time with Dick and me, yeah. inviting us into your into your lair here with all kinds of cool memorabilia. Yeah, yeah. Great stories. Love being down here and seeing you again. Dick, did you learn a lot about Westport? I did learn. Day? I continue to learn about Westport with our interviews down here. Yeah. And they're great stories and great tales. So thank you for everything you've done for it. So, Appreciate Oh, well, it. you know, it's been teamwork down here. We've been, uh, Westport's merchants have all worked together for a long time mm -hmm. to keep it a cool neighborhood. And I think we've done an incredible job. It's 
great. And there you have All it. Right. Thank Feel you. free to come down and check it out. It's okay. a lot of fun. Thank you, Mr. Nigro. What an interesting person to spend some time with. And we'll find more interesting people to spend time with in the near future. Lloyd, do your thing. You might love it. You might hate it. It's my favorite freaking show. <laughs> <laughs>